Welcome to the Service Department News Podcast, where we discuss all the latest news and developments from across the service department, apart hotel and extended stay sectors. Hello and welcome to the Service Department News Podcast. I'm Felicity Cousins, Assistant Editor of Service Department News, and today I'm talking to Ricky Bichel, Head of International Expansion for Limehome. Limehome was founded in 2018 and last year closed another funding round of 45 million euros in new growth capital. It's just signed 82 flats in Germany's Brenham and headed to Benelux market with an opening in Belgium later this year, I believe. For more than a year, occupancy rates across Limehome's portfolio have been around 90% with a high profitability across all locations. And during the pandemic months, Limehome achieved a similarly high occupancy rate, exceeding the average market levels multiple times. So Ricky, welcome. Um, I just would like to know like, why? How have you managed to exceed average market levels multiple times? And what's the secret to your success? I'll dive right into that in a second. I just want to say very happy to be here and thanks for having me. Um, So the key to our success is actually our proprietary technology and the digital first approach that we have been pursuing since the very beginning, actually. Uh, The latter allow us to operate our properties at the extremely high level of efficiency that you mentioned, while also offering our guests a comfortable and convenient experience. So I know that's still quite high level, so allow me to dive slightly deeper into it. Yeah, thank you. We We are actually able to pass on part of the savings that we achieve through the use of our proprietary technology to our guests. So again, what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. It means that our guests are able to enjoy a high-end design apartments at the price point of a standard hotel room, which constitutes in itself an extremely attractive value for money ratio. So on the one hand, using technology allows us to offer a value proposition that generates a lot of demand. And on the other hand, The use of technology also allows us to capture that demand. For example, our yield management is based on an industry-leading tech stack. So we have a machine learning pricing mechanism Mm -hmm. that that determines optimal room prices in the short, but also in the long term, and does so actually fully automatically. And by this, it optimizes for very high occupancy rate. And is that a live kind yeah. of techno- is that a live technology that that can kind of scan the market um, in a live situation? Exactly, um, it does actually scan the market, but takes also in con- into consideration other data points that it gets, and it adapts the prices up to a couple of thousand times a day. So it's really very active yielding, as you can otherwise only see in the in the airline industry. Um, and it's much more dynamic than the traditional revenue management that you can see in the hospitality industry. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to ask you. And I was going to ask you a little bit about how that any new technology that you're bringing to, to Lime Home, um, will help you keep ahead of that kind of curve because there are a few, um, similar companies calling themselves technology based, you know, service department providers, as it were. Um, yeah. 
So, so can you tell us about any new technology that Limehome will be incorporating to keep ahead of the curve? Yeah, um, so actually at the moment, our main focus remains on improving the quality of our tech stack across the entire value chain, uh, because it was the tech stack that allowed us to get ahead of the curve in the first place. Sure. So it makes, from our perspective, a lot of sense to keep focusing on it. There will obviously, to name a few examples, be a focus, a continuing of the focus on big data, as well as machine learning, as we have done in the past. But there will not be any major introduction of new technologies for now, as we believe that the funds which we raised are best invested in the incremental improvement of what we already built. Sure. And actually, that brings me to another another question about your last round of funding. Um, you said it'd be using some of the funding for acquisitions of existing operators. Uh, could you tell us any more about this and if there'll be any significant developments this year? I would love to, believe me. <laughs> but unfortunately, I have to give you a very boring answer on that one. Oh, um, <laughs> at this point in time, we do not have any news to share regarding acquisitions just yet. Mm -hmm. All I can say is that we are currently looking at various opportunities throughout Europe and will definitely continue to do so as we are convinced that M&A will constitute a crucial growth channel over the next month. Okay. Yeah, that's a very good answer <laughs> for someone who doesn't want to tell me. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, you know, with ongoing M&A processes. Of Obviously, you, you basically jeopardize them uh, if you share too much. Uh, but be, be, I, I can... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you recently opened in um, Eindhoven, Amsterdam and The Hague. And next year, you, you're opening in... Um, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, Kortrick, is it? Yeah. Um, why is this such a key opening? Um, why Benelux? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so overall, the Benelux countries constitute highly attractive markets for any hotel brand, and especially for a tech-enabled operator like us. So if, if you dive into those markets, you have Amsterdam, Brussels, Luxembourg, to name just a few, mm -hmm. um, and these cities are economically very strong, and some of them are even among the top cities globally when it comes to leisure tourism demand. On top of that, so on top of the demand base that you have, the innovative enthusiasm for digital concepts is extremely high in this region. So that makes these markets overall an ideal target for us. Now. Obviously, I have to admit that Kortrick, I hope my pronunciation is actually <laughs> correct, might not be the first city that comes to your mind when you think of Benelux. But this location perfectly highlights the strength of our digital model. Also here, I would like to dive slightly deeper. Mm -hmm. um, the operational efficiency that we gain from our tech enablement allows us to enter small markets that many of the traditional operators have to ignore due to the fact that these markets simply do not offer enough potential for them to reach their break-even amount of rooms. Right. So due to the headcount needed to operate a hotel in a non-digitized way, 
even the leanest traditional models generally need, let's say, 60 to 80 rooms to break even on a property level. For Lime Home, that's actually not the case. We can operate a unit already at a profit. So we have a huge landscape of markets, mm -hmm. very little branded com competition all to ourselves. And Cortric is the perfect example for this. Plus, looking at this deal actually from a physical product perspective, mm -hmm. it's super interesting as we will operate our apartments in a monument protected townhouse and we will be integrating the historic interior in our apartment design. Uh, so for us, that's a bit of a novel. Yeah, so it's a little bit different, just um, kind of bringing that cultural and heritage into it as well. Exactly. Um, with your expansion into new markets, um, you're also going into Portugal and Italy, is that right? And That's right, yeah. um, just looking at your kind of where you're going, I was looking at whether you have any plans for France, the UK, and then other parts of Scandinavia. Further down the road, definitely. Um, like, like you mentioned right now, uh, the expansion into Portugal and Italy is already in full swing. In Portugal, uh, we already signed our first deals, uh, such as the property in Porto, Porto that was recently announced. And we are quite confident that we will be able to do so very soon in Italy too. Okay. Obviously, I understand then the glance towards France, UK and the Nordics, mm. as those markets are super promising. Um, and also for us, they offer substantial potential for our model. So at some point in the future, uh, these markets will likely become important milestone on our way towards a truly pan-European presence. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, what are your thoughts, given, given the, um, your proprietary technology, what are your thoughts on the GDS and, and that for the service department sector? I mean, I mean it's, it's kind of, you know, it's it, got it, its <laughs> Yeah, it's a tricky one for us, actually. Um, the issue with GDS is that the ability of a seamless technical integration is very limited and the handling of the bookings actually requires a lot of manual effort, which is understandably not something we are after. Um, also here giving an example, it is actually very difficult to directly transfer guest details from GDS into our operating system. Right. On top, it's rather expensive. It's a rather expensive distribution channel for smaller properties. So for us, it's really not the ideal fit. And right now, we only distribute our properties very selectively via GDS. Okay, that's interesting. I wonder if it's never been very helpful for kind of extended stay properties in in that way. It's been hard to book, hasn't it? So. I wonder exactly. if in that case, um, people will be making yeah their own their own kind of technology going forward and following kind of you know your kind of footpath. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, one can definitely imagine that that will be the case in the near future. Mm -hmm. Or GPS becomes a bit more agile and easy, like user friendly. From yeah, from I mean, I guess with technology developing, there will be there will be ways of making that work. Yeah. Well, well yeah. different sectors. Um, what do you think is the main trend you've seen over the last year in terms of guests, length of stay, types of stay, and who are who will be your guests um, in five years' time? 
Mm -hmm. That's also a great question. Um, our data analysts actually keep diving into our data and obviously also the trends out there. So um, what they have gathered is that more and more strata of customers appreciate a frictionless and fully digital customer journey with full flexibility regarding the planning of their stay. And I actually believe that the trend towards ever greater flexibility and also ease in traveling, which we have seen come up over the past years already, will continue. If you look at the market or the bubble outside of hospitality, you have companies such as Netflix or Uber, and they really set the benchmark. Consumers are getting used to on-demand service and value flexibility over everything. And we actually, coming back into the hospitality bubble, we see this in, for example, the shortening of lead times on bookings, as well as a gradual blurring of the boundaries between leisure and business travel. Mm -hmm. So a stay might actually start as a business trip, but in the end, it becomes a leisure weekend getaway or vice versa. Yeah, the lovely word leisure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the blurring I was referring to. Yeah. Um, in, in that sense, um, it sounds like you're kind of appealing to to like kind of the new tech savvy kind of generation. So Gen Z, or, yeah, Gen Z. I don't know how to yeah. say it. Um, that, that says where I'm from. What generation I'm from? Um, can you appeal to everyone then, or are you are you really? Are your guests going to be these young kind of, yeah, nomadic, digital nomads? And um, No, not exclusively. And we actually try to be very inclusive um, in the design of our products. So we try to appeal to the average of every market uh, because I think the advantages of our product are such that they appeal to everyone. We simply offer more value for your money. With us, you get a kitchen, you get a design, you get a frictionless experience for the price point as um, for the price point of a standard hotel. And I think bottom line, value for money is something with which you catch a lot of customers. Um, and we just happen to be providing that via a digital customer journey. But the customer journey or the digital component of it should not be the defining factor of our product. Hence, we don't look for a target audience that um, focuses just on the digital component. Right. We really want to be inclusive there. Becomes a, an enabling process rather than exactly. a defining one. Yeah, exactly. that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, you've, we've, my, one of my questions was, where do you see Limehome in five years? And I guess I've just asked you that in terms of the guest and in mm -hmm. and your expansion plans. Um, I mean, in five years, can you see much changing in in the service department space? What do you What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think if I look back five years um, and where we are now as a company, but also as an asset class and a sector as in a, as a whole, it changed dramatically. I think service department is very established today. Um, it's being talked about in all industry media and beyond. And I think that trend will definitely continue. I think um, the recent pandemic 
has proven even more the potential that um, service apartment operators hold or the concept in itself. Um, and I think that's the wave we're going to keep riding. And I think service apartments as a whole will definitely gain more market share. There will be new brands, new niches within the niche that service apartment is. So it will become more fragmented. Um, I think that's the, the, the normal life cycle of the hospitality niche. And for us as Limehome, um, we believe we will become an ever greater part uh, of, of this asset class and also of the service apartment industry. We plan to pretty much double our revenues every year, um, which in turn will make us the largest operator of service apartments in Europe and also a major player in the broader hospitality segment. Well, there's, that's some big, big things going on then in the next five years. I'll have to speak to you in five years' time. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> My final question for you, Ricky, is um, what keeps you on your toes in this kind of dynamic service department sector? Things mm -hmm. do change quite quickly. Yeah, well, I think the easy answer would be that with COVID, the war in Ukraine, the interest turnaround, there have been a few external events that have kept us on our toes over the past years. But that would only be half of the story, because in the end, it is our guests that keep us on our toes most of the time. So we are driven by the desire to offer our guests the best possible experience. And as I said, we just happen to be using technology to achieve that. Mm -hmm. So it is really about building a thorough understanding of our guests and anticipating their needs. And in this day and age, the needs of the guests change insanely fast. So it takes constant effort and commitment. But in the end, it is all worth it as we are providing our guests with an absolutely frictionless experience wherever they go. Yeah, that sounds that sounds exactly what 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 you're all about, actually. Just making it simple and easy to stay. Exactly. And we just happen to use technology to achieve that. Yeah, great. Thanks, Ricky. Is there anything you'd like to add that I haven't covered? No. Thanks a lot for having me again. And thanks uh, for coming on. It's been great chatting to you. Thanks for your time. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Service Department News Podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with all the latest industry news, head over to servicedepartmentnews.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter. Service Department News is part of the International Hospitality Media Portfolio.